Bless you, God. All right. How are you feeling today? You good? Do you like the person you're sitting next to? Do you know who they are? Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Lee Leighton Matthews. Uh, if you don't know Lee, can you just give him a round of applause and I'll introduce him. Uh, Lee was uh, the youth pastor at Kerith before I was and uh, helped me and trained me up and mentored me for a long season of my life. And he has constantly been praying for us and would very regularly uh, call me and Emily on the way home from church and just say, this is what God has said about what happened at church today. And we're like, how do you know? And uh, God would tell him. So we just want to give him uh, honor for praying for us and for what he's spoken into my life. So I appreciate you, man. Okay. Lord Jesus, I, I want you to speak today. Man, I want you to speak. God, I really want you to be in charge. Meet with us today. Meet with us today. Please do not let us leave without being a little bit more like you. That is what I ask, God. Please, God. We ask it and we beg it. In your mighty name, Jesus. And everybody said. Okay, so we are starting this new sermon series today, um, which is called Eden Education. And Jacob is right, there is going to be talk about the goodness of God, but that's more of a thing to remind you, because this might be quite a challenging sermon series. And uh, what we're going to be doing is we've been looking together about how we are going to grow and how we are going to change as believers in Jesus, and we're going to study Genesis 3 and 4 in order to do that. Are you aware that you are not a perfect human being? Is your husband and wife aware that they are not? No, I won't go there. Let's not go there. Are we aware of it? We are aware of this fact. And are you aware that our job and our call as believers, as Christians, is to continue to progress in the journey where we get a little bit more like Jesus every single day? And are you aware that that journey, I'm afraid, never actually stops? I'm afraid it doesn't get to a point when you've got your PhD or your degree that you can go, I've done it, I'm sorted, I know what God is about. Once you've had kids and you brought them up, it's not the time to say, I've done it, I'm sorted. And even when you retire, it's not the time to say, I've done it, I'm sorted. You and I are on a continuous journey to become a little bit more like Jesus every single day. Are you aware of this truth? Now, are you also aware that that is really hard and really painful sometimes. Yes? And it's actually really tough when God comes to you and says, there's something about you that I don't quite like, and I want to change in you, and I'm going to make you a little bit more like me. It's going to be for your benefit, but actually it's going to hurt a little bit. Are you aware of that? So we're going to do this sermon series called Eden Education, where you and I study Genesis 3 and 4 for four weeks, and you and I are going to go on this journey together. Yay! And we're going to sing that song, The Goodness of God, every week to remind ourselves that even though this is tough, even though this might be hard, even though I'm dealing with pain that I haven't processed for years, even though I'm tackling behavior and issues that I thought were fine, you know what? God is still good. And we're all going to go on this journey as one team. Does that sound good? Let me give you, I'm going to read uh, Ephesians. I added this in. Sorry, tech team. I apologize. Sarah's now looking at me panicking. I want to read this to you because it kind of sums up what I'm going for and what we're kind of going for in this series. And uh, this is also 
a part that talks about the saints, about revealing the saints this year. How do you feel about being called a saint of God? Are you comfortable yet with that? Yeah, all right, we're getting there, good. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. We are called to walk as a, in the manner of being called a child of God. With all humility. Anybody need some more humility? <laughs> Jack's like, yes. And gentleness. Anybody need some more gentleness? Anyone can be quite aggressive, quite spiky? <laughs> with patience. Anybody need some more patience? Bearing with one another in love. I'll leave that one there. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to the call. I'm going to jump to verse 11 where it says, And he gave apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Did you get what I was saying or did the Bible just go over your head? Okay, I'll explain it just in case it went over your head. What the Bible is saying is that you and I, God has given us people on this earth, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, to help us on this journey to become a little bit more patient, a little bit more humble, a little bit more gentle, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more like Jesus, that we might attain to the full measure as demonstrated by Jesus Christ. See, it's easy, sometimes a little bit easier when God tells you something. It comes a little bit harder when your pastor has to challenge something in you, right? Especially when he's 30 years old. Or maybe when somebody or your husband or wife wants to challenge you or somebody near you wants to challenge you, it can become even tougher at those moments. But can I tell you and can we agree together, we're going to go on this journey as one. Yes? We're all going to accept that we're all broken people and we all need to grow a little bit more. So if you feel like you've come here and you don't feel good enough to be in church or good enough, don't worry. None of us really are. In fact, Christ is the only one that has ever been good enough, the only one that has ever been perfect. And he comes to us and says, I will give you my righteousness. So feel good about it. I know that's a really negative start to a sermon series. And, but are you feeling positive? Because let me tell you, this is actually phenomenal. The fact that you and I can grow and become more like Jesus is an absolute gift to us. It is a privilege. It is an absolute pleasure. How do I know this? Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, uh, the pure in heart see God. Anybody want to see God more in their life? Great. I can tell you exactly how to do that. Become more pure in your heart. And the heart is talking. It's a synonym for the mind. And what he's trying to tell you is become more pure in the way that you think and act and behave. And as you do that, you see more and more of Christ and God in your life. Now, that is an exciting thing. That makes this sermon series a lot more exciting, doesn't it? Let me, tell you, like, let me put it like this. This sermon series, by the end of it, we are going to see more of God. Okay, that was good for the right side. Well done. By the end of this sermon series, we are going to see more of God. Yes, this is exciting, but however, the journey there can might be a little bit painful, may have to address some things, may have to look at ourselves, may have to become more self-aware and start to wrestle with things that we think are fine and actually maybe face up to some of our words and our actions and our thoughts. 
and our thoughts and our thoughts towards each other, towards the church of God, towards ourselves, towards the scenario we're in. We're going to have to look at our words, our actions, and our thoughts. Thoughts. Just gonna, I feel like I need to just keep saying that for a while until we all realize it begins up here. All right, let's get to Genesis then. If you have your Bible with you, pull it out, show it to your neighbor. Tell them what translation it is. If you don't have a Bible, please don't feel guilty or anything like that. If you'd like one, come and chat to us. We'll buy you one. And then we're going to put the words on the screen as well so that you can see them. I'm going to read from Genesis 3, verses 1 to 7 today. Okay. You good? Yes? Excited for baptisms later? Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle or the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin cloths. Amen? Does that sound a bit of a weird story to you? Or are you, you familiar with that? Just put this story, let's, let's try and understand, let's put it in some context. God creates the Garden of Eden, this perfect place, heaven on earth, if you would, and he puts Adam and Eve in it. And he says, look, guys, I give you the dominion and power over all this land, but I'm going to just tell you one thing. Don't touch that tree. Don't, don't touch it. Don't go near it. Just don't even try and eat it. Don't even try and go down that road. Don't even smell it. Don't go near it. Just don't touch the tree. Everyone with it so far? Now, you might think, how does this relate to me in my life? Well, let me tell you, how many of you remember in your life when you first got saved by God? Anybody? Do you remember how beautiful and how amazing that grace did appear the hour I first believed? Do you remember that? And do you remember how getting to know God at the start was so exciting and was so, everything was so brand new and everything felt like it was coming alive in you and you felt this passion and a zeal for life again and you just felt awake and you wanted to know everything about God and you wanted to go to church all the time, anybody? Can I tell you when I was at this stage, thanks guys, hands up in the air, I like it, appreciate it. When I, I mean, I grew up knowing Jesus, but there was a moment when I was 19, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and for me, it really came alive. I was so excited about God, I wore a t-shirt and a hoodie that said Jesus Freak on it. This is where Lee actually met me and thought, I've got a lot of work for this one. I wore a jumper that said Jesus Freak, and I wore it everywhere. Why? Because I wanted people to know. I wanted people to come and ask me about it. I wanted people to come see it. I, I would go up and tell anybody about Jesus sometimes when they really did not want to hear about it. And I, that's, that's how excited I got. I just remember being so excited. And no matter what happened at church on a Sunday, I remember for a season, I'd go forward for any altar call. And in the Salvation Army, the altar call is there's a, 
There's a really nice log at the front, which is like carved up. It's really beautiful. And then the altar calls, you come and kneel before God. And you spend time with you and God, which I actually think is quite beautiful. And I tell you, no matter what the call was, I felt like I was going forward. Because I was just so excited. Yes, Jack? Were you that like, Do you remember this season of your life? Maybe you are still there. Are you still there? Well, you're just so excited. But then how many of you know on this journey of God, God allows you into the Garden of Eden and you enjoy it. And you just think there's so much here. There's so much beauty. Everyone's so lovely. The community's so amazing. There's so many things going on and you feel really connected. But then God says something. He says, don't eat that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, you're not, don't do that. Change this behavior. The way you've been thinking about that person, you actually need to forgive them now. This behavior you've been carrying, you, you know, you've been drinking more than maybe you should. Let's talk about that. The, the, the swearing, the language you have towards other people, can we address that? God allows you into this garden of Eden and suddenly he says, there's one thing I really want to change and challenge in you. How many of you remember this part of your journey? And that is a challenging moment. The first time someone really has to sit you down. And for me, it was a pastor of 43 years. His name was Ben Davis. He's a fiery Welshman. And he sat me down. And I remember it so clearly when he said to me, you're not allowed to speak for an hour. And then he told me about how arrogant I am. And I said, yes, sir. Trust me, if you know Ben, you don't say anything else. And uh, that was a tough moment for me. Was that painful? Yes. Did I feel like I was swimming in the Garden of Eden? No. But was it absolutely essential for my Christian walk? Yes. Now you might be thinking, why does God do this? Why did God allow this? Why did God put the tree in the middle? Why did he just make it so obvious? Why did he make it almost so tempting? In fact, why is there a serpent in the... Have you ever asked that question? Why is it in there? Just kick him out. Surely God can do that. What's that about? But no, God decides to put something somewhere. God decides to bring up something in your life. Why does he do it? Let me tell you this. Because true love requires choice. You have to choose God. But in order to choose God, you have to have other options. That's why marriage is so beautiful. Because I chose Emily forsaking all others. How would I feel if like 10 years on finds out Julia's been paying Emily the whole time just to marry me because she's been trying to, or maybe my dad is just sick and tired of me living at the house and he's thinking, oh, let's just, let's just get somebody, let's pay her, let's get Liam out of the house. How awful would that be? Because Emily also, if she wants to marry me, has to choose me forsaking all others. And let me tell you, God will bring up things in your life to see whether you really love him. That's it. Whether you love him or not. I know that sounds hard because you think, yeah, but I always love God. Yeah, I know, but there's going to be some moments when God says, will you choose this over me? And let me tell you, you will always come to a point where there is a no point, where you have to say no. Anybody ever been there before? Okay, let me give you this example to help you out. I remember I was walking through the office of Kerry Community Church when I was a youth pastor. And one of the ladies on staff grabbed me and said, Liam, you're a youth pastor. You can help me out with this. And I said, sure. She said, my daughter's about to go to a party. But I know this party is not going to be in a good place for her. But she really wants to go because she's got friends going. She doesn't want to seem like a weird Christian that never has any fun. You know, but she also doesn't want to get involved in any of these things. And I said to her, okay, that's fine. Allow her to go. Don't be that type of parent that keeps your kid in and sh- you know, shields them from the world. That's never going to help them. But when they go, ask them, at what point? Will they say no? 
Draw that line now. Where will you say no? And let me tell you, church, we are going to have to continue that journey. You think you go through it once. I thought, okay, I've dealt with my arrogance. Eight years later, when Ben Davies told me I have no arrogance left in me. Some of you are like, serious? <laughs> you need to go back, Liam. No, Ben came up to me and said, Liam, I don't, last time I saw you preach, I saw no arrogance. I was like, praise the Lord. And I thought, that's it. You know, I'm good. And then suddenly God's like, can we speak about your patience now? What? Hang on. Hang on. Just dealt with one, God. That was painful enough. But God says, you know, you've got to, You've got to keep going on this journey where you learn that point when you say no to something. Because when you're saying no to something, you are saying yes to God. And God wants to see that on a regular basis. Even when, even in thoughts in your mind, you're about to have a thought negatively about somebody else, even in this church. You know, maybe you're sitting next to them right now and you're going to have that negative thought. Just don't allow it in your mind. Say no to that thought, but yes to Christ. Let me tell you, I can promise you this. Sometimes the best worship song you can sing on a Sunday is no. That's sometimes the best worship song you can come and sing. Because when you're saying no to this world, you are saying yes to Christ. And let me tell you, there is a really challenging Bible verse where it says that if the world loves you, it's because you are like the world. We're supposed to be a little bit hated by the world. That just makes me really uncomfortable. We constantly have to say no to the world and yes to God. And it will cost us and it will hurt, but it will be an essential thing for our life. If we want to get educated, we've got to look at Eden and say, you know what, I'm going to say no to the things of the world, but yes to the things of God. And please, please, when you get to this moment, don't act like Adam. Turn to the person next to you say, don't be Adam. If they are Adam, I apologize. It's not you personally. Don't be Adam. Don't be Adam. Think about this. Why am I picking on Adam and not Eve? There's a reason why I'm picking on Adam. Verse 6, it says that Eve ate the fruit and then she gave it to Adam who was there with her. Adam, what are you playing at? Stand up to this situation and say to your wife, no, this is not how this family acts on behalf of God. We say no to the things of the world, but yes to the things of God. Adam, please take some responsibility for this moment. Please don't have apathy when it comes to the progression of your faith. Do not have apathy. Do not let it sink in your heart. Because what I find interesting about Adam is he didn't say no, but he didn't say yes either. He just kind of stood there and waited to see what would happen. How many of us have been there? Oh, I just wait and, you know, I just won't get involved. No, no, no. If you sense something is not right in your family or in your life and you know it needs to be changed in order to match with God, would you please don't have apathy towards it, but say, I'm going to take the journey of my faith very seriously and I'm going to continue to progress and take new steps forward to become more like Jesus. But Liam, why are you picking on Adam? There's a very good reason why I'm picking on Adam. Because in Genesis 2, 15, the Bible says that God made the, made the Garden of Eden. He put Adam in it, and he said he made Adam to work and to keep it. Why is that important? Because God gave Adam responsibility. In fact, I find it extremely interesting that the first thing that God gives man is responsibility. Not a dream, 
Not like his dream come true. No, no, no. I'm going to give him responsibility. The first command of him is to say, take responsibility for the life that you are living in a domain that I have given you. Can I maybe focus on men in the room today? Can I say, let us take responsibility for the families that God has called us to lead? Can I say that? Is that all right? You're going to amen that, men? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be honest. Fig, you're doing a great job. Don't listen to him. Let us take responsibility. Let us say, you know what, family? This is not how our family behave. Our family follow the will and the behavior and the pattern and the principles of God. And this is the type of family we are going to be. We do not eat of the fruit. We do not say yes to this world. And this isn't just about take responsibility and be a good citizen. You know that, right? We should all do that anyway. But I sometimes feel with Christians that becomes their limit. No, no. Men of God, men of God in the house, if you can hear me, please hear me. Take responsibility for the spiritual direction of your family. And it's a weird one to, t- to really focus in on, but I feel like it's important. God has given us a responsibility. Make sure our families are praying together. Can I say that again? Make sure our families are praying together. Make sure your family is fasting. Make sure your family is obeying the will of God. Make sure your family is putting God at the center of it all. Men, let's take responsibility for it. And let me bring everyone back in because obviously it's not just the men. We all need to take responsibility for it. And not only that, but we need to take responsibility for our lives. We need to say, I'm going to work on my journey in God. I'm going to work hard to progress with God. Do you know it is your responsibility to grow in Jesus? Unfortunately, it's not mine. I know you'd like it to be. Outsource all your growing in Christian faith, but it's not. I cannot do it for you. I cannot pray. I can pray for you, but I cannot pray on your behalf. You have to pray. You have to study the Bible. If I read it, I get the knowledge. You have to read it to grow in it yourself. Take responsibility and say, I'm going to work on my life, and I'm going to make sure I am growing in this faith. Is that okay? Maybe it was a bit harder than I thought it was going to hit this morning. But it's all so that we can see more of God. Remember that, please. The goodness of God over it all. We've got to take responsibility for it. And not only that, please, please join me in taking responsibility for this church. Please. If you look at me and Emily as though we have to do it, or I promise we will burn out so fast. Like God has given us a calling that is beyond us anyway. We're still trying to figure out how we can handle it. Please join us in the journey. But join us as a united person. Bear with each other in love. Grow in humility and patience and gentleness towards each other. We've all got to go on this journey together that says there's a thing in my life I know I need to change and there's this thing in this church we know we need to change, but let's all get on the path together. Let's not look to blame like Adam and Eve did, but that's another sermon series coming later. Let's all join together to push forward so this church can become all that it can be. Can we take responsibility for it? I feel there's a heaviness in the room, which is I think is a good thing, I think. But I just want to pray that you might receive it right now. Just take a moment. Just take a break from the preach. I pray you'd receive this word. I know it's going to be challenging. I know it's going to be hard. And I know there's going to be things that you think I've dealt with already, but God's going to bring them back up. 
And you know what it is? Because it's probably the thing that winds you most up when it's spoken about in church. If you get so wound up when they talk about money, that's probably it, I'm afraid. If you get wound up when we have to, I don't know, whatever it is, I'll, uh, I won't point it out. But God, I pray that we'd remember that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That it is actually a joy to become more like you. That actually this is not to put us down, but it's to lift us up. This is not, allowed, this is not about giving us condemnation, but about setting us free. Because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So let's not be bound anymore by the yoke of slavery. That is our sinful patterns, our sinful ways, our sinful mind. Let us be set free. Because if Adam and Eve stopped spending so much time focusing on that tree, they could have enjoyed the freedom of the garden. And guys, God has got so much freedom for you in this world, in this life. And I promise you and I beg you, stop, stop letting the sin and stop letting the things of this world hold it back. But instead, enjoy what God has placed before you. Do you have to say no to stuff? Yes. Is that hard? Yes. Do you have to address thought patterns? Yes. Do you have to look at the way you speak to people? Yes. But let's all go on it together. Let's all just admit it from the start. Yeah? Can we just do that? And make it, I think it would make it so much easier. If we all just go, look, we're all on this journey. So if you make a mistake, don't worry. I'm going to be quick to forgive. I'm going to be slow to anger. And I'm going to bear with you in love. Because it's going to take you a long. It took me eight years to deal with my arrogance. It might take you eight years to deal with your impatience. You know what? I'm going to walk that journey with you. That sounds like the type of church I want to be a part of. To you? I want to walk with you, brother. I want to walk with you, sister. Let's all just admit it. Jesus is so much better than all of us. He is. And we are not him. Everything we think is not gold. Let's let Jesus lead us. Now, I'm hoping you feel a desire in your spirit to change right now. Do you? Hopefully. Trust me, I'm on a journey with this. Emmy and I are constantly on a journey. We're all on a journey. Last summer, God had to deal with my impatience. And we talked about it for so long, and it was so painful. And I'm actually going to teach on it at the Wisdom Night this Wednesday. Gonna Tuesday, thanks, Em. I'm going to call it the power of patience. Because that's what I had to address. I had to learn to bear with people, even though I don't think, you know, I wish they would just get it quicker. Ever been like that with somebody? <laughs> I wish they'd just get what I'm trying to teach them quicker. And I've got to be patient. I've got to be patient starting this church. And thank you, Ryan, man, that word was so good. Some things taste better when they're slowly cooked. I might just put that over our door or something, just so I can remind myself. How true is that? Because I've been feeling a pressure, because you do feel a pressure when starting new churches, because Hillsong plants and they get a thousand people. And you start to think, really? Like, uh, do we need more? Do we need this? Do we need that? No, no, no. We just need to come together and let Jesus be the center of it all. It will take time, but I'm in it for the long haul. You? Because I'm in this walk for the long haul. And I'm in this church for the long haul. Do you know what? Sometimes I think it's better if we just say, I'm going to commit to this place no matter what it goes through. Even if the leaders just go completely off the rails, I'm still committed to the vision because it's not my vision, it's God's. I said to anybody that wanted to leave Kareth and join us, I said, you have to give me five years. Don't just come and be in it a little bit until you get uncomfortable. Because how many of you know this walk of God is uncomfortable? And so if we always want to back out when it gets uncomfortable... 
we're going to miss out on the other side. We're going to miss out on the freedom. I'm hoping you want to change today. Well, the good news is, for some of you in the room, there's going to be a really good way to change today. Today we're going to baptize five people, which, by the way, is ridiculous. I just, I'm so amazed, and I'm so thankful for those people who have come open, ready to receive from God, who put up their hand and said yes to Jesus. I'm, I'm thankful. And I'm thankful to you guys for creating an, a community and a space where people feel comfortable and welcomed, that they can then say yes to Jesus. So there are five people that are going to be baptized, but maybe you are here today. And maybe you are a believer in Jesus, and you would say, I do love Jesus, and I am a Christian, but you are not yet baptized. Well, can I tell you, today could be your day. I'm not going to force anyone, and there's no judgment, absolutely, because we're on this journey together, and we have some patience. But maybe today you're thinking, actually, I do need to say no to the world. I need to say yes to Jesus. And today, maybe that is by saying, you know what? I'm going to get baptized. We have got a hot tub around the back of the Catholic Church. I'd like to say we still got a gazebo, but apparently it blew away in the wind. Hashtag church planting. Thank you, Jack, for going to rescue said gazebo. And also thanks to Paul for arriving at 6 o'clock in the morning to make sure the gazebo was set up. We're going to call him Baptism Paul from now on. Appreciate you sitting out this morning. And so it's all ready. And if you're thinking, yeah, but Liam, I, I, I didn't bring my clothes. I didn't bring the hair dryer. I didn't bring the makeup wipes. Don't worry. We have a box of stuff ready for you to change into. We have some towels, and we have a whole bunch of people that would love to hold that towel right at the end to give you a hug and wrap it around you. So we're going to do that today. And so at the end of this meeting right now, in fact, I want to give you that opportunity. If you are somebody who is a believer in Jesus and you have not been fully baptized in water before, if this is, you've never done that and you are a believer in God and today you would like to be baptized, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to stand up to your feet. And as you do that, everyone in the room is going to make so much noise for you and clap you. So if there's somebody in this room who would like to be baptized right here today, will you just stand up for me? Go ahead. Amen at the back. Come on, make some noise. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Keep clapping, people. Anybody else? Yeah! Come on. Is there anybody else? Yeah, get your hands tired. Who cares? We don't mind. Anybody else? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Is there anybody else? I don't want to. I know it's tough. I know it's that moment where you have to face it. But if you would like to get baptized today, just stand up. Go ahead. We will celebrate you and love you. Just want to make sure they get the chance. We don't mind an awkward moment, do we? If it gives people a chance, we don't mind. Is there anybody else? I mean, I'm blown away by two, so don't get me started. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep well tonight. I was blown away by five. I mean, is there anybody else? I don't, want to, I don't want you to just leave this place going, no, I should have done it. 
Well, bless you too for your obedience to God. Yes, don't you love it? I love church. I can see people are crying, people are weeping, you're just fine, just go for it, let it out. That's blessing, isn't it? Amen. So what's going to happen now? Well, Jamie and Emily are going to be baptizing people today, and Jamie's at the back. And uh, those two people that stood up, we're going to ask you to go with Jamie and Emily and just chat with them and just maybe catch up about, you know, why you made that decision and just make sure you're where your faith is at and uh, get some clothes and a towel if you need it. And then uh, for the rest of us, as much as we're going to leave this place and get all excited about what God is doing, I want you to try and take in the word that I said today. In fact, let's just, let me pray so that it cements in you. Oh, bless God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Jesus, the word I shared is a heavy word. It's a tough word to hear, but I'm just going to speak over this, these people that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That actually you give us the power of the Holy Spirit within us to help us change anyway. So if you're feeling like, oh, I'm going to have to strive, I'm going to have to put in more hours. No, no, no. Just pray a little bit more. Let the Holy Spirit change you from within. Allow God to move in your life. I'm going to pray it for your life that you would receive the word, that you would not see it as a scary thing or as a challenge or as a condemnation, but you would see it as a key to set you free from things that have been holding you back. And you would see it as a joy to become a little bit more like Jesus. I'm so excited by the end of this four weeks that all of us might have started a journey to become a little bit more like Jesus. And then God, I pray that as we do that, would we see more of you God, please, I want to see more of you, God. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to know how you talk. I want to know how you walk. I want to know how you love people. I want to know how you pray for the dead and see them raised. I want to know more about you. I want to see you better, God. Change me to see you. God, that's what I'm destined for. That's what I'm asking for. That's my true calling in life is to know you better. And I pray that excitement would sit on the people of Flow Church as well. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.